Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is Adiva Zanker, co-founder of Grip Boxing. Adiva was one of three females to compete in boxing nationals at Syracuse University and saw the true power of boxing beyond the sport. She channeled this passion into co-founding Grip Boxing Studios, where she is now on a mission to continue helping people, and women specifically, feel empowered, confident, and strong across the country. Welcome, Adiva. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Oh, I'm so excited to have you as well. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so like you said, I started boxing at Syracuse. I fell in love with the sport. I've always been really into fitness um, and just fell in love with how boxing made me feel. And after college, I was working a corporate job and was going to boutique fitness studios all across the city, uh, Rumble, Shadowbox, SoulCycle. And while I loved the workouts themselves, I found that there was something missing from the experience, and that was that post-class hangout. And so I sort of set on a mission with uh, my dad and my brother to create sort of a third space for what happens after the workout ends. And that's how we came across um, or came up with this idea of grip boxing and um, came across the idea to open a full liquor bar in a gym space, which nobody had really done before. Oh my gosh. There's so much definitely that we want to go through this. I didn't think, you know, at a glance, it's bit, not maybe biased too because I've been in the fitness industry or working in fitness studios for quite some time now, um, but I, I think it's incredibly unique and very understated for the way that um, you and your team and your family have really conceptualized this entire customer experience. And I know when you and I first touched base, you said you shared some interesting uh, kind of like interesting stories of how you came up with the idea of putting a liquor bar and and kind of really creating this fully holistic approach to the retail health and retail health and wellness industry. And I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to tap into that. But first and foremost, um, I want to understand a little bit about the operations, right? You talked about how you started the company and actually still, correct me if I'm wrong too, but actually still actively running the company with your family. And being that um, you're working with your family on a day-to-day basis, I'm sure that's got some really interesting stories behind it too. So can you share any key moments or learnings from running the business with your dad and with your brother? What's work? What needs improvement? What's, what's, what's been really exciting and interesting so far? So I think what set us apart and what has been such a big differentiator is that we've always treated our business as a family business in a good way. And so a lot of corporations or gyms, you don't really know who's behind them. But for us, since day one, we've made it really feel like you're part of our family. And so, for example, when we first opened our dog, Gritty, who's our mascot, he's a boxer, uh, he was at the gym every single day. And so when you walked in, you would see me, you would see our boxer. My dad would sometimes be behind the bar pouring drinks for people. And it really felt like uh, a family a family camaraderie and you felt like you were part of us. Um, you'd see my dad running on the treadmill and you're like, okay, if this old guy can run on a treadmill, then anybody can. Um, but it was just moments like that where you really felt like you were part of it. Um, and we've really tried to keep that consistent personal touch, especially in a world where that seems to have kind of left a lot of businesses. Um, even during the pandemic, I made it my goal to not lose that. And I wrote handwritten letters to a lot of our um, 
most, you know, some of our top clients just saying, hey, hope you're doing well. Just wanted to reach out to, you know, stick through this difficult time. And I think because we've always ran it as sort of a family business, we've kept that personal touch and we've made people feel um, really like they're part of us. Um, And so that has always been something that's worked really well for us. Um, I think one thing that we learned early on was to really play into what some people may see as your weaknesses and play it up as a strength or something that people may think as controversial. So at the beginning, when we had this bar concept, we weren't sure how people would feel about it, right? We had people saying, oh, that's so counterintuitive. How can you be healthy and drink? And so we found that the more we pushed it, the more we played into it, the more people wanted to come and check it out. And once they were there, they realized it wasn't necessarily about getting drunk or drinking. You know, we have mocktails. It's not about the alcohol. It's about having this place to hang out and really get to know your trainers. And, um, you know, a lot of people had never actually spoken to their trainers after a workout, and now they were. So it was just we found that playing into – something that's controversial can sometimes work to your advantage. Yeah, you're touching on a lot of really good points here because I think you you nailed it, right? It's more than just the experience of having a bar at a studio. It's tapping into the multiple dimensions that health and wellness really has, right? Health and wellness is so much more than just a workout nowadays. And the beauty about what the pandemic has been able to teach people, I think, is now you're able to incorporate more of like the inner physiological, like the social components, what it actually means to have um, better mental health, better kind of relationships with your friends and family. And that all ties into being a healthier human. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's all one and the same. Well, that's fantastic. And, and I'm sure that's been quite a whirlwind to you to be able to just learn from each other along the way. And you kind of really kind of going back full circle about um, just working with your family and that type of camaraderie, that type of, of kind of like a connection is something that the members are able to feel from the second that they walk into the studio and that's what keeps them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So on the other side, still along with more of like the company operations, right? It seems like you and your family have been able to attract some pretty recognizable investors, um, specifically Tony Robbins and Pitbull, Tim Draper, among others. So I'd love to understand in your perspective, can you share just any experiences that you've witnessed throughout the entire fundraising process? Um, perhaps things that you wish that you had known? I would say start fundraising before you even need to start. So it's also an ongoing process. I thought it was just um, you need to start fundraising at X amount of time before you really need the funds. But it's really from day one and even before you start, it's your connections and your network. And, um, you know, I've been going to countless networking events throughout the city, whether it's for women specifically or business owners and just tapping into different groups because you really never know who you'll meet at those events. So I would say go to as many networking and um, like VC pitch fest as you can because they're really beneficial. Um, Also to just not get defeated. You obviously get turned down a lot by a lot of different companies. We've heard no multiple times we've had VCs come in. They see there's 54 people in a class. It's packed. There's people drinking. There's people that just say that this gym has changed their life and yet you still hear no's and you can't fathom, well, how could somebody not want to invest in this concept? But you have to learn to not take it personally and to also realize that the it's more of a partnership. So you're looking also 
for a VC and for an investor who believes in your concept and the, the whole process is really um, a partnership. It's sort of like dating. So you want the right match for you and they want the right match for them. So um, just to not get defeated if you hear no's and if you hear multiple no's to just keep going and keep, if you believe in your concept and you're passionate about it, then there's bound to be somebody else who who will understand. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I'm probably looking at this too at all, <laughs> all angles. Um, but you know, some one of the interesting parts is as much as we would hope that others can understand, but you're really nailing the message here that when it comes to the investor investment, investor portfolio a kind of relationship. It's a long-term relationship. You are locked and loaded at the hip for a quite a significant amount of time. Um, and hopefully you're able to provide value to one another. And hopefully the goal for the investors that, that founders are seeking is that they can actually provide valuable resources outside of just capital, right? It, it comes down to like being locked and loaded, pulling the lever strategically whenever they need to be pulled, um, and being a sound advisor and board along the way. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And we're very lucky in that our investors and also brand ambassadors are, you know, fully on board. They any new idea or concept we have, they just know like we love the team behind it. So we know that whatever you guys will do will also go far. So it's people that really believe in you and also have kind of seen your potential from day one and know even if you don't have a fully fleshed out business plan or fully fleshed out idea, like we're we're going to help you get there along the way. So. Oh, amazing. Well, we're definitely aligned here. And you touched on something important, right? You kind of talked about the opportunity that's at hand. So I know me personally, I'm still actively learning about the boxing landscape specifically, but I'd love to hear in your own words, right? Just kind of looking at it at one, the sports side, because you were a boxer, right? At Syracuse, and I believe you still are actively fighting and also teaching others too. So what inspired you to get into boxing specifically as your fitness modality? So I started boxing in college. One of the head coaches from the Syracuse boxing team was in one of my classes. He said, try it out. I walked into the gym that day, was the only girl there. And at first I was intimidated. That was a time, you know, back in 2011, boxing wasn't as mass market as it is today. So nobody, especially females, were not boxing. Um, But once I saw how empowering it felt and how great it made me feel, about myself and just brought out my confidence, I kept going with it. And I've just seen from when I was in college to now how how much more widespread it is and how common it is for females to box. And I just, I love that. And I love that it's becoming more, um, more widespread. I would say in terms of where the industry is going, obviously it's become more mass market I'm even seeing how in the at-home fitness space, there are many products that are either adding boxing as an element to their workouts or they're creating boxing-specific workouts um, or boxing-specific products and hardware. I would say at first when we were creating our at-home product, we looked at doing potentially just a uh, boxing-specific product, and then we realized that while boxing is mass market, it's still pretty niche, especially for the at-home demographic. 
So we basically saw that while boxing is still mass market for that home space, it's still pretty niche. And I think it's still going to take a while for it to be as commonplace across all of America as it is in maybe the boutique fitness space. Mm, So there's definitely a lot of opportunities here. So I guess with that in mind, what's exciting you the most about the boxing landscape? Um, I would say just that it's becoming more commonplace and that there's not you know, back when I started boxing, boxing was, it's, I mean, still is dirty, grimy, uh, gyms that you didn't feel comfortable walking into. And I had been to countless gyms in New York City and Syracuse everywhere, where I just immediately felt uncomfortable when I walked in. And now it's just cool that there's gyms where females especially either are the majority of the clientele, like at our gym, our demographic is around 80% females. And so it's just cool to see that shift where a sport that was predominantly maybe focused as a male sport is now becoming more commonplace for females as well. Mm, Well, I completely, completely agree. And I think part of the process or evolution into becoming more of an inclusive sport has to tie into the community or the experience that you're creating. And along those lines, um, I love the story that you had shared with me on how you really started to conceptualize the experience itself for grit. So let's dive into that a little bit. What does that look like to you? How did you think about, you know, tying in, creating that third space as you had called it uh, and making really grit a such a unique concept in the fitness space? Um, so I think a lot of it was just first doing our market research. We had gone to every fitness studio in the city. And something interesting that we also noticed is after we would take maybe a soul cycle class or a boxing class, we would follow those people, not in a creepy way, but we'd follow them and we'd see where they were going. And oftentimes they were either going to drink with friends at a bar or they were going to a brunch or they were going to an event. And so we sort of said, well, why why do they have to leave? Why couldn't we keep them at that space? And so the bar for us is more of a retention center for our clients. The more that they feel like they are part of the community, the more they hang out at the bar, the more they're going to book more classes. And booking more classes is where we're getting and driving our revenue. So it's sort of like this cycle where the more, the better the events, the more they drink, the more they hang out, the more they want to be part of it, the more they're going to keep coming back. And so it's just been the best way for clients and members to meet. People have met their best friends at the gym. Um, People have gone on trips with people they've met at Grit. It's just people have started dating people that they've met at the gym. It's really like a place for people to... um, to me and hang out and the gym the bar is really just that third space as I mentioned for people to connect Mm, so this is really the epitome of meeting your members where they are right and I love that story of just understanding where the consumers really want to be where they uh, kind of a call home or call their second home or third home whatever that could look like for them and creating that experience inside inside grid inside your studios and I'm almost wondering too because you know I've always been such a firm proponent that sports is so much more than a game but it's also something that could translate into the fitness world I think just hearing you right like the studios a fitness studio the workout it's so much more than that would you agree yeah absolutely And we do, speaking of as a game, you know, we really do try and gamify the experience. So we have event nights, we have challenges. So 
Um, we recently had a challenge we call the Badass Challenge, and people are racking up classes that then lead to a prize. Like the recent prize was a grit puffer jacket that everyone then ends up wearing around the city. So it's really um, making the experience less about how painful working out normally is and making it fun. You know, we have a crazy sound and light system. We have these huge screens behind the instructor. Um, and when, you f when you're in that class, you really feel like you're transported somewhere else. You're not thinking about oh my gosh, I'm working out right now and this sucks. It's, oh my gosh, I'm working out I'm next to my friends. This is so fun. It's going by fast. So it's kind of changing that association between working out and pain and working out and fun. Mm, well, thinking about those lines, the gamifying, the making fitness fun again, or at least making fitness fun for the first time. <laughs> yeah, totally, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where you're at today, you've got a flagship location in the city. Can you talk about the expansion plans then? And I think we kind of touched on the at-home experience too, but perhaps even diving into what your team's been up to with Grid Epic. Sure. So in terms of the bricks and mortar, we're actively scouting second generation spaces that we can then transform into a grit. Maybe that's in Miami, LA, but I think the concept would do extremely well there. Um, but we're constantly seeking spaces and looking for a location to expand grit into. In terms of during the pandemic, we basically had to close down temporarily like thousands of other gyms across the nation. And during that time, we tried every at-home fitness product on the market from Tempo to Tonal, Mirror, um, you name it. And similar to – you said something similar earlier in the interview, but you said – something about how fitness is just one aspect of your health. And we really felt that with these at-home products. None of them addressed all of the other things that encompass your health. So we decided we're going to create our own sort of wellness hub for your home that includes exercise, sleep, meditation, mental health, and lifelong learning. And basically, it's a freestanding tablet and touchscreen, one of the biggest tablets on the market, and beautiful, sleek camera, four cameras for artificial intelligence and uh, two-way communication between your trainer or also even just a dietitian, therapist, um, a sleep coach. Like there's the opportunities for this product are endless and um, we're really excited. We've been working with a company called Sweatworks on that who and they've done every product in the at-home fitness space. So uh, we're really excited about getting that started, pre-sales end of this year and then selling early next year. So that's kind of what's on the horizon for our at-home space and for uh, the grit physical. My goodness, definitely a lot to, a lot of work to be done here. Yep. Wearing many hats, I'm sure, as always. Yep. yep, definitely. Well, amazing. So final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is designed to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you share with them? So I think back to my college days and I remember I was deciding on my major and I really wanted to study entrepreneurship and I remember thinking how badly I wanted to study it but I remember thinking like oh that's uh that's for men like women don't really study that I'll feel out of place I'll be the only female studying that and I'm not going to be as good as the guys like I'm just not even going to try and so if I could go back, I would say to not let your age, gender, race, anything define who you are, what you can do, or what's possible for you. Um, 
because looking back, I wish that I could have told myself like I can really do anything that anybody else can do and nothing really defines you. Nothing really should prohibit you from going after what you want to do and what your dreams are. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Well, thank you, Adiva, for your time. And as mentioned, make sure to check out Grip Boxing as an innovative approach to fitness through boxing. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.